0: Good evening, and welcome to an extra special edition of Welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. Um, and we're here on our one hundredth episode, which is
1: amazing. Mental. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how did we get? How did we get here? Where did we come from?
0: It is funny. Somebody said we should probably change the name now because we're mm. no longer introducing Chris to horror because he's seen more than a lot of other people at this point. So, so
2: yeah, what should build,
0: we
3: call it now? We've be, built that well-beaten <laughs> brand.
0: <laughs> millions of followers and uh, journey through horror,
3: journey yeah. to the center of the horror, 50,000 nah.
0: leagues under the horror. No, I'm just doing Jules <laughs> Verne titles <laughs> Um, yes, so on this extra special episode, um, as we mentioned last week, for our main uh, topic this evening, um, we will be watching the original, instead of doing it the other way around, we watched the remake on episode number one, but we are going to watch the original um, Woman in Black this evening, uh, it be interesting to see what Chris makes of it after his, obviously that was his very early introduction, sure. and now... He's a hundred movies deep, so that was my
1: first deep. welcome. Here's my second one. Full circle, backwards, just yeah. the way we like to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, progressively getting worse.
1: Um, weird, oh, though, not, I think
0: there's. I
3: think the fact that it's a Nigel Neal thing, he haunts the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, quite nicely. <laughs> so I think that's quite nice so that's come to fruition.
0: Yeah, I it's that scary. How many of his films we have actually covered? <laughs> I yeah. Think we've done, uh, Considering he isn't a very well-known... You know, you'd think, oh, yeah, there would be a lot of John Carpenter and there'll be a lot of... um, Yeah, but, yeah, it's it's surprising, actually, how frequently his name has come up over the last 100 episodes um, and always in stuff that's been solid. I don't think we've done any of his stuff that's been mediocre.
3: No, because the, the only thing we've done really properly is the stone tape. Mm-hmm. And Quite a Mass and the Quite Pit. Yeah. The hammer of Quite a Mass and the Pit. And Halloween and three. And Halloween three, which was oh. going which was kind of he wrote it and then it was rewritten and stuff. So yeah, he's he's there a lot. <laughs> and it's usually yeah, it's usually pretty good. Mm.
0: Indeed. So before we get into that, in the now well trodden tradition, Chris.
3: Now One point f- oh. sorry. One thing we haven't said is why. It's such a special edition.
2: Oh, yeah, Should probably it's, episode,
3: wait, it? it's episode 100. Yay. It's 100
0: episodes. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy nonsense. We
1: yeah. probably felt Sorry. like we'd mentioned that leading up to it for the past nine episodes. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, but Chris, Chris, you've got to remember
0: every episode is someone's first episode absolutely <laughs> we'll think about that you know which is why we dropped the uh the rating system at one point um i'm bringing it back for this yeah well i think we should but yeah i mean yeah it's episode 100 no we're not a finished podcast um <laughs> <laughs> so chris um have you seen anything in the last few days? I know we, it, because of everything being crammed in, it's only been a few days, but have you managed to...? Uh...
1: I'd like to say yes, but I'd be <laughs> lying. I've seen another half of uh, Mandalorian. <laughs> so, you know, I'm still working my way through that.
0: What episode are you on now? Uh, uh,
1: I think it was five. It might have been six. I don't know what it goes up to this season.
0: Oh, I think there's.
1: Is it eight episodes? I believe. Okay. This is the one where he's just gone. I think back to join a group, um, but there's a few people he doesn't recognise there. So that's what's just happened. He's just he's had the uh, the twilek go up to him with a knife, and so she yeah. knows him. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah. Oh yeah. So you are quite a way through it
1: then. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, it's great. So, yeah, I think I'm just about going to do it in time for October the 30th. I think they're bringing out the next season.
0: And have you, you and I know that you now have got to the episodes with uh, Gina Canaro. So if you needed any more reason to continue watching it, uh, she's the reason. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. She's very good. She's very charismatic. And I've seen a lot of films. I probably wouldn't have made it all the way to the end of had she not mm. been in them. So... Selling point, and she's back in season two by the looks of it.
2: Oh, excellent.
0: Um, Adam, yes, what have you watched in the last few days? If anything, nothing, unfortunately.
3: The only horror that I have seen is we have been potty training Ted. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's been that's been bleak enough. So, uh, (laughs) apart uh... apart from this evening's main feature. What
1: resources have you employed to help with that?
3: Well, yeah. It's like, you know, it's only fair. <laughs> but he is... Uh, I mean, I'm seeing it as an investment. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Because at the moment... You, it's a you do get a bit nuts. fed
1: up doing nappies, yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, not only that, but also I'm not cleaning his nappies when he's 25.
1: <laughs> you
3: know,
1: i what was I've got that a liberal um,
3: dad? But I don't think. Yeah, it
1: it's well. it's when they can talk to you, so they come up to you and say, All "Right, come on, come change my nappy." It's like, yeah, that's time we needed to have done this.
3: So that's that's what we're hoping. He's he has identified we, mm. and uh, we have been rewarding him, but we so, well, bribing him essentially. Yeah. But but, and I hasten to add. We haven't gone full dog training with him and we're not rubbing his nose in it. <laughs> I understand. Where you're going wrong. I'm not sure because I understand that's kind of where you get Henry Lee Lucas from, essentially. <laughs> so it's an investment for everyone else in that case,
0: you know. Um, so I've only caught up with one thing myself, I've got to admit. Um, it has been a busy week for all of us. Um, <clears throat> following. Uh, Dean, previous guest a couple of times, Dr. Dean, um, he's been doing the 31 Days of Horror and he posted recently that he had rewatched Death Deathgasm. Yes. Which so I still I, watch. Yes. Yeah, so I messaged and said, I need to re-watch that. And then within five minutes, I was like, I've got the day off work and I'm sitting here trying to work out what to do in my day. I'm going to start it by watching Deathgasm. Um, yeah, just as good, if not better, on the second watch really, really good. Chris is uh, looking bemused, so
2: definitely. I know death nothing
0: death. of it pretty much either, so what, What? give us oh, the run. So I've, it, I've not seen it, I've still not seen it. Oh, fantastic, so the, I'll give away the plot, because it's one of those films where the plot all happens in the first half an hour, and it's it's the journey, not, you know, mm. so it's a, a kid is moved to live with his aunt and uncle, Um after his mum has a bit of a meltdown. It is a comedy horror, just to put it out there before you think it's too serious. Um, It's called Deathgasm, I really wasn't. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't going Kubrick with it, shall we say? (laughs) But yeah, so he's a full-on black metaler. So he's moved into this tiny little town with his religious relatives um, and their jock son. Um, And he finds another black metaler to hang out with and they start a band called Deathgasm. No. Um, and through through various means they find these old pages um with music on them and it turns out to be an incantation <laughs> so they turn it into a song for the band to play um, mm-hmm. and everybody in the entire town gets possessed and they have to try and get the pages back and play the song backwards to change um but yeah it's just batshit it's it's every bit as daft as that sounds, and dafter. Uh That sounds good. It's great. There is a scene where they are holed up in a room and there's a bunch of these demon-possessed people trying to get in and all they can find to fight them off with are sex toys. So they <laughs> literally run out armed with as many sex toys as they can carry to try and attack these demons in the house. It's just batshit. It's so much fun. <laughs> Um, and it is free to watch. I was trying to find somewhere that I could um, do like a pay-per-view thing, mm. uh, and I put it into Google. And you know, on the right-hand side, it brings up where you can go to see it. Yeah, mm. and it was a link that said "free to watch," and I clicked on it, and it took me to a um, like a Daily Motion type website, and I just watched the entire film for free. So, oh, nice. if you get a chance, go and watch it. It's absolutely demented.
3: I haven't watched anything, but I will make a recommendation for people who like f- fucking heavy doom mm-hmm. um, uh, divide and dissolve they're like they're a uh female duo and it's f- fucking incredible it's just so fucking heavy, Excellent. but in that way that is like.
0: Hypnotic, almost. So
3: yeah, that's,
2: that's... that's
0: the one for uh, Lord Owl, I believe. Will be could all be using yes. already, mm. and I shall be listening to that during my workout tomorrow.
1: You will right. get one push up
0: done, yeah. <laughs> very slowly.
2: Yeah.
1: There is the a third one... album, Gaslit. That's. I think that's the one that's coming out soon. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, there is a thing good.
3: we
0: discovered recently, Doom Yoga, which is standard <laughs> yoga, but you do it with Doom music in the background. Um yeah. Fuck.
2: It, I'm it's, doing not, like
0: that. it's like a hipster thing. There's a woman, she does I don't care. there's one on YouTube, like a full hour of it. Um yeah, and then she does like weekly classes, so you can pay a or a week or whatever and stream. Yeah. And she just does like an hour of yoga, but with like Sun O playing in the background. was like mmm. I yeah. could go for some of that, but it's, a bit, as you would imagine, it's very slow yoga, Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I've not done yoga before, and I didn't realise just how slow it was. Um, yeah, and I've <laughs> just goes to show I'm probably the person who needs it more than anything, because about five minutes in, I'm like, come on, come on, speed it up, where's the pace?
3: Yeah, I think, I, I think you might have really fundamentally misunderstood the nature of yoga at that point.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Couldn't have got it any more wrong. See, for, the, for very much the same reason, it really appeals to me.
0: <laughs> See, I like the idea. It was like you like candles and incense and you put slow, relaxing music oh, on. Nah, none of that and...
3: crap. I just want to do all the stretches and the, suddenly feel better.
2: And, yeah, be able, nice.
3: and be able
0: to do a crab walk in my 40s. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. What happens uh, We're badly. You sit in one position for a very long time and then when you're supposed to get up and move into another position, you immediately regret sitting there for as long as you have before you've even gone into the second bit. So, um, oh,
3: yeah. I don't know why. Free. I
0: just I think that, that appeals again. <laughs> it's weird. Systematically ruining yourself one muscle at a time over a 50-minute period. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be nice to just prove they're there more than anything. <laughs> oh, if you need to know they're there, is the way to go about it. Um, right, so, straight into this evening's main event. Um, Woman in Black from 1989. Um, as we mentioned previously, impossible practically to get hold of. Um, there was nowhere that you could watch it online. So, so why was that? What, you could... what happened? I have no
3: idea. Adam, it did was... you... It... Well, there were loads of rumours, and I think... What's happened is, I think loads of people have just not bothered looking into it because they've thought that there's enough rumours going around that it's like, oh, that would be a pain in the ass to sort out. So there was a thing that it was the uh, the the original author of the book, The Woman in Black, Susan Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, people were people were saying that she she didn't like the production particularly.
2: Mm.
3: Um, she much preferred because obviously there was the play in between the novel and the and this adaptation. Oh, right.
1: and it's so that play like, ran for ages. Then the play is still because it's still the play it's still is going, still running.
3: It?
0: Yeah,
1: and is the longest
3: running uh, show in the West End other than the
1: Mousetrap. And I've never heard of The Mousetrap.
3: Oh, that was Locked. that's Agatha, Agatha Christie's one where it's just oh, That's been going since the bloody. That's I think that's been over a hundred years now. God, you know that's been running for I, all that time.
1: I'm not um, a very large Agatha Christie fan. I bet I bet Jennifer. <laughs> I know. I'm sure she knows all about it. And she probably know. That was probably why you know that was her thing. I just I sort of blocked hmm. it all.
0: Last week, Jennifer. Did like a pay-per-view thing, which was an evening of lectures about mm. Christie. Um, oh, so we get got to set through that. Um, uh, Mark Gatiss was on it because he's a huge fan and has read oh. all the books multiple times and obviously done a couple of the re-adaptations and stuff. Um, I wasn't a huge fan. I'm becoming more recently. I think. I think I'd always thought, as they said on this uh, this panel thing as well. Um, People always think, oh, it's like, you know, family-friendly Sunday evening kind of twee. It's a murder, but it's all a bit off screen. Actually, mm-hmm. it's pretty dark when it gets in, especially the later adaptations, where
2: mm-hmm.
0: the early TV stuff had made it a bit family-friendly for TV,
2: mm-hmm. whereas
0: now you're getting into the people who are adapting it need a new edge, and the new edge is to do it. The darker stuff that is on the page but was generally sort of left aside before. Um, so, yeah. so
1: was it Murder, She Wrote? Is that Agatha Christie? No.
0: no.
1: Oh, okay. That's entirely no. its own TV,
0: right. I think.
3: Agatha but Christie is Miss the Carl creator Corn. of Miss Poirot. Oh, okay. Poirot. oh um,
1: right. Yeah. Uh, so I saw a few of those when I was very young.
3: I think it's also the film adaptions more than anything, like the Peter Euston of Poirot's. Yeah, because they were like TV movies, but they were like midweek. They'd have they'd be packed with like fading movie stars and stuff like that, mm. and and that I think was was where it really was the family friendly sort of uh, thing came into it. But, I mean, essentially, they are still crime,
0: you know. So mm.
2: yeah,
0: they were very camp in that era. The Peter Eustonoff ones. I've not seen any of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, and they've done a, a few movies recently as well. With the, of um, yeah, like they were saying, she was writing something like three books a year or something ridiculous. Like she would oh, just yeah, she didn't shit about. Yeah, she... but they said in all of them there isn't anything that people have looked back on all these years later and gone, "Oh, look, there's a mistake in there, or this doesn't add up." Or no, she was but
3: that was that's part of the thing. She was so mechanical, like it's so good at engineering it hmm. essentially that. You know, she wouldn't. I think she's very noted for not having those flaws, where it's like, oh, but what about this character? You forgot about them, or you know, she was on her. You know, she knew what she was doing, and they were very
0: carefully put together. But what they, they were saying on this lecture thing that was amazing to me was. They were saying there weren't multiple drafts where she'd write a character or she'd change something and go back and read. They said she'd have the idea in her head. She'd leave it in just thinking about it for like two and a half, three months. And then she would literally sit down and in a few days just spit it all out on paper. So she had it so well put together in her head mm. and, and got the whole thing. Compl- and so when it actually came to it, it was just something that she knew the story from beginning to end and just told it, which yes. Yeah, incredible really but um
2: yeah but that's how oh, I get the crystal I but
0: yeah so so
3: susan hill who wrote the original novel she really liked the play version of it and mm. she didn't really like this tv version i think it was because uh Wait, she didn't so, agree... so so was that that was true she didn't like it no 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 they, she right, she didn't okay. like it but that wasn't the read because they were saying oh so susan hill had put a block on it mm. susan hill had sold had sold the tv rights so okay. she has no control over that. It hasn't reverted back to her or anything else like that. Right. She just, yeah, she just has no, she wouldn't have had say in it if she wanted to. Mm. And she wasn't that bothered. I just don't think she rated it that much. It wasn't yeah, like, okay. this is a travesty. I never wanted it to be seen. I think it was just, well, I didn't really like that. So, but yeah, so I don't think she wouldn't have objected even if she had the power to, but she didn't there were people who thought it might be nigel neals um nigel neal and then nigel neal's estate but again that turned out to be utterly you know that had nothing to do with it because it wasn't wasn't really that they were famous for sort of but i think you know there was a level of quality control mm. with certain things so like the neal estate they wouldn't allow things to be adapted or you. you so but yeah again absolutely nothing to do with it and basically mm. the tv rights were owned eventually by the producer of of the thing but apparently he went to susan hill and said well, can can we buy the rights and she said i've sold them and it was i think it was like a, a producer a lighting cameraman and a lighting or cameraman and a makeup artist were the people who would bought the rights they'd sort of <laughs> They'd sort of clubbed together and bought the rights to do the adaption, and then it never got anywhere.
1: You could almost make this into a film, couldn't you? Like, <laughs> I, add, I add a little. I,
3: literally, literally, that's the <coughs> twist. So I don't think it's that good a film, to be honest. But yeah, and that was why. And so, again, I think initially only one of them was kind of into them making this version of it. And then the other two eventually went along with it. I think it was the makeup artist because she actually worked on it um whereas the other two just were executive producers or whatever
1: and um i think it's the way you tell it then adam
3: yeah (laughs) and i and basically that was it it was just no one not many people knew who the rights holders were and also they were just three disparate people they weren't like a company you could go to or whatever like that so you had to track down all three of them and get their approval, and it wasn't even like... And I, but I don't think it was that complicated, essentially. It was just they spoke to the right people, and it was like,
0: well, yeah, he owns the rights, and ask him. So it didn't come no. out for all these years, because nobody had ever, somebody had heard it was hard to get the rights to, and nobody else had bothered.
2: Yeah. And was, then Arrow
0: went, we'll persevere with this. Here's, well, no,
3: this is network, but network oh, Network are very good. They're very tenacious because they really do. Like, for example, one thing I really like with this is that network always leave the advert breaks in. Yeah, I love that. And I always find that's not only is that a good thing because it's almost like it's told you go and get a drink or have a piss, but also in things like this, you can see where the audience would be left on that sort of advert cliffhanger. Hmm. And the last one, the last ad break in this, I noticed was when she comes into the, when he's lying in bed and that sees her.
0: scene is just, it, it's the one thing, as I say, I, I had this for a while because I bought it just on a disc that came in a paper case. And I watched it three or four times and didn't go back again. And the one thing that I remember, the two things I remember, one was Andy Nyman in a tiny little cameo, laughing like a teenage idiot. Um, uh, yeah, and the other one is that scene of her face. And when it came on yesterday, um, Jennifer was watching it with me for the first time, yeah, and even she made a noise like because it just persists for so long and it's just so uncomfortable, it's
2: incredible.
0: It's
3: oh dear, no, uh, is a It is a, a weird sort of not only that, but like, and like I say. That's what then the audience had to wait five minutes through for, I don't know, adverts for Texas Home Care or MFI (laughs) to find out what has gone on for that last bit. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... I Sort of looking into it, I didn't realise that this was a Christmas uh, ghost story, essentially. Nor did I. This was... It was broadcast on the 24th of December, 1989. And, no it was wow. on it, and it was on ITV. And by then, ITV were probably doing more. The, the, the ghost stories for Christmas, like the BBC side of things, had sort of waned. Whereas ITV were still doing things like they did the uh, Castling of the Runes. Yeah. That was a Christmas, MR, like an Mr. James Christmas. And they'd done that a few years earlier. So it's almost like ITV sort of take up that mantle.
1: This does sound um, like a pretty full-on film to have for Christmas Eve.
3: Oh, definitely. Well, not only that, but also this was this wasn't this isn't just like you've picked this film to be. This is this is the first time anyone ever sees this. Mm. It's not something that anyone went to the cinema for. So no one it, yeah. knew what was coming.
1: Yeah, you know. So it's quite a. That would have been pretty good. So I how, think
0: did that... you, how did you find it, Chris? Because obviously, it's um, it, it's I'd forgotten just how kind of mellow a film it is, mm. uh, and as we sat until there are those few key moments in it that are just yeah, yeah. really spine chilling. Um, but yeah, so how did you find it compared to the original? Because obviously, that was as we well,
1: mentioned... that, that so that gets a little more complicated, but I can safely say if we ignore the other one first, then. I'd like to say that I've got something else I can be proud of that we've done really well as Britain, (laughs) because it's 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 an exceptionally good film. Um, Yeah, like you know the dialogue, the acting, fantastic all throughout. The story's great. Um, So yeah, like really enjoyable. I would highly recommend everyone to watch it. Um, Now, if we compare it to the two thousand twelve. There are some bits in 2012 that I prefer. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So the the overall aesthetic of the 2012 is one that I would go for more. So the way they portrayed the house was so spectacular.
0: Well, I think it's that more that modern filmmaking where everything's like Uh, yeah, everything's kind of hyper realistic and caricatured. Whereas the thing with this, this um, feels
1: more real. Based you know, in reality, yeah, yeah. I mean, which is like, like we said about was. yeah um a night of living dead similar to that
2: yeah
1: yeah and so so what they did with this yeah like you know they didn't go crazy with the effects what they did was fantastic um the way they did the woman was you know exceptional um and really i, I mean i think uh i don't know what's the actor's name who played
0: uh adrian rawlins
1: yeah, like he was excellent. Um... Interesting,
3: interesting thing with that though is, um, uh, Adrian Rawlins plays Harry Potter's dad <laughs> oh, really? in the Harry Potter films, and obviously that's then, weird. And then Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> plays the same role.
0: Huh.
3: Yeah, how in weird the, in, oh. in the 2012 version.
0: See now, Adam, can you explain to me why they changed his name in this adaptation?
3: I think can you... I can oh good I think I can, so in the original, it's Arthur Kipps yeah, mm. and in this it's Arthur Kidd kid yeah and i I funnily enough, this was something I've been looking into because I remember reading about it a little while back, and I think I've again, this is to do with uh sort of things that Susan Hill wasn't was a bit pissed off about it she was like why well, have you changed character names from mm. from the book mm. and um yeah because i think sam tv his it's daily in the book and i can't remember if it's daily in um the oh, the, Ray- uh, hammer. the hammer one yeah but again this but the reason it's uh, arthur kipps is the name of the main protagonist of an HG Wells book called Kips. Mm. And Nigel Neal was a, a was a massive HG Wells fan. And people think that it was um he was a bit pissed off that she'd used that name. In because I don't know whether it was meant I don't think the implication was meant to be that it was the same character. But yeah. there was also a possible implication that it was the same character. Yeah, the same. And, and I just, and I quite like the idea of knowing what Nigel Neal is like, that he probably would be like, yeah, you're not fit to fucking lick
0: HG Wells' boots. We're not having that. <laughs> it, I'm retumbing <laughs> that. Um, sorry, I just checked. You are right. They did change his name as well. Uh, so he's Sam Tuvey in. The eighty nine, uh, and
3: it yep. is Sam Daly again in the twenty twelve. So yeah, and, they did revert to the book and, again. Yeah, and Sam Daly is the um, is the name. Yeah, is the name in the book. And I think also his um, Arthur's boss. Um, it's like the company in the book is like Bentley Sweetman and something else, hmm. and his boss in the book is Mister Bentley, but in this they chose Mister Sweetman. For some reason, uh, but and and again, I think the um, I think Spider was a girl.
1: Mm, the the
3: dog, um, yeah. And again, that was something that Susan who was like, "Why have they changed the sex of the dog?" And it was like, maybe the best dog they could find for the pub <laughs> yeah. was a boy. So that's what,
0: yeah, you know. But I did apparently... watch the end of the actors to see if his name came up, and he didn't. And I went, "Oh," and turned it off. And I went, "They didn't even mention the dog's name." And Jennifer was like, "Um, he might have been after the crew." Maybe, and
2: I was like, nope, no, you should have
3: been ahead of them. No, I could, I could, I couldn't find the dog's name listed, and I think it was good because it's a good dog. Mm. Mm. I'm also, I'm also glad that the dog doesn't buy it, yes, you know, I
2: was
3: a bit upset about that, (laughs) so but I think that, um, yeah, so that's possibly why it's been changed, is just, yeah, um. Nigel was a grumpy HG Wells fan.
0: <laughs> I can see that.
3: Mm, and it's sort of, yeah, I thought to myself, yeah, that kind of has a ring of truth. I know there were others that were a bit sort of... And it has to be, has to be said, although I don't think this did, like, amazing viewing figures at the time, but I, because it was Christmas, I thought, right, mm. I'll definitely be able to find the listings. A choice of viewing on television that night. So Woman in Black was on ITV, or you yeah. could have watched the film premiere of Legal Eagles with Robert Redford and Deborah Winger on BBC One. No. Yep, yeah, yeah, No. On BBC Two, there was Relatively Speaking, an adaption of the play by Alan Akebaum, and then at uh, 11 o'clock, because this, this ran from half nine to half eleven on uh, ITV, and at 11 o'clock was Viva Leone, a documentary on Sergio Leone, who died that year. Uh, and then I think they showed Once Upon a Time in the uh, West, which is fucking brilliant. Uh, and on channel 4 you had an hour with Jonathan Ross and
0: American football. So uh, fuck or shoot it, yourself in the face pretty much. Yeah, it, it, it was for Christmas <laughs> or drink the sherry until you fall down.
3: Yeah. So I had I had a look through the only other thing that looked like there was any any cop that was on over that Christmas was Blackadder's Christmas Carol.
2: Mm. Now Enjoy. that
0: is a stone cold Christmas classic. If exactly. a year were to pass that I didn't watch that, it would be like I'd miss Christmas. Yeah, and it's
2: yeah
3: again. So, and that was Boxing Day. So yeah, it was a pretty thin, pretty thin Christmas. So, what was the age rating for this? It wouldn't have had an age rating. It was on at half, no. half nine. Which this is just this,
1: after the Watershed. But so, I, I wonder how many children watch this. And I wonder how many made it to the end. I was going to say, how
3: many were packed off after? Yeah. Probably after (laughs) the bit outside, the first appearance outside the house.
2: Yes,
3: (laughs) Actually, I love, there's a bit in that that I absolutely adored, where the camera follows him, uh, Arthur, stumbling back. And then it swings back and you're kind of expecting, oh, she'll be gone. And she isn't. She's still fucking standing there. Yeah. And then she starts walking towards
0: him. You're know, like, fuck that. Uh, yeah, I, I've forgotten how bleak and desolate it felt. Because in the, in, in the, the remake, um, it looked like Disney's Haunted Mansion, didn't it, really? Whereas it's... in this, it did just look like it looked lived in. Like it didn't look like mm-hmm. a broken down castle ruin on top of a hill somewhere. Yeah. It felt like a lived in house that was slightly off. Funnily okay.
3: enough, uh, the the thing I could think of was because again because it's something we watched recently, the the 2012 one is quite sleepy hollow.
2: Mm.
3: It's, it's very there you say it yeah. It's very sort of that it's that kind of an aesthetic, mm. um, which I think is probably because obviously it was a ham is a Hammer film,
2: mm. and I
3: think it's Hammer trying to work out what is a Hammer film these days. Yeah. And it probably, and they're probably right. It probably is something like the TV version of Haunting of Hill House or, you know, that kind of, more that end of stuff. Or even like Sleepy Hollow. I mean, Sleepy Hollow, fuck me, it's basically a hammer film because after the cast are hammer uh, guys, you know what I mean? It's a, and it has the rights. So, and again, I think that's, because I, I think I preferred, because this is my first time watching and i think oh, really? I, yeah and i cuz i cuz again it's one of those things where you say it, it's like really fucking difficult to get hold of but and you can get it but like on a pretty shoddy pirate and i was like i don't know if it's going to be any you know what i mean I, I just i was thinking one day it'll come out of or someone will have it or something yeah. like that and um yeah and but i'm glad i waited cuz seeing it on the fucking uh, on the blu ray um and but that's the
0: green Sorry? So it's such a beautiful print. Yeah, it really it's is. It's really I mean, crisp and really shiny. Yeah, it, I mean, this looks this looks like...
3: I think that's the other thing as well. This comes from that period of time where ITV were doing like The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So they were shit hot at the period stuff. Hmm. And, again, I think that's really borne out in this. But like you say, I think I genuinely think I prefer this version. It's not just because I'm a it's not just because of Nigel Neal and it's the older one so naturally <laughs> but I do prefer I do prefer the house being ordinary hmm. because that's uh, I find that creepier yeah that he especially and like uh Claire was just so pleased watching it that um someone went in and turned all the fucking lights on yeah <laughs> you know
0: and it's I had almost the opposite one like it got to the point where you're like When he kept putting the light on in the linen cupboard, I was like, just shut the door. You don't need to put the linen cupboard open. Like, put all the hallway lights on. You don't need to go into every room you're not in and turn them all on. When it's on that wanky little generator outside, you've got to spin with your hand. I want one of them, by the way. If you haven't got a paint electricity ball and you just have to turn it over first thing in the morning, that sounds worth it to me.
3: Oh, yeah. Mind you, you know what would happen then. There'd just be people, there'd be two men in suits come round in dark glasses going... Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. We hear that you've got your own generator these days, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pity if that someone set fire to that, wouldn't it? Yeah, because <laughs> you're not <know> fucking <laughs> Southern Electric, like
2: fucking. It, hell. Well,
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Chris. So sorry. <laughs> Opening a beer, we are celebrating. After all. Um, yes, I'm on the Iron Brew. It, it, it is mid. Sorry, I forced everyone to record this special celebratory episode midweek because uh, I'm a selfish prick, so I do apologise. Um, so, Chris, yeah, so you said that you preferred the house in the original to the last one, but uh, then I, unfortunately, yes, we got onto the house for a little bit and didn't go back. To, so how does the rest of it uh, compare?
1: Yeah, so so overall, I definitely prefer the newer aesthetic and newer styled films, you know, like we said, the other one similar to Sleepy Hollow. Um, that sort of thing. I, I like this sort of added, I guess, uh, like dreamlike experience that you get from it. Um, so it tells that's you that's from the comp- start,
3: where you are, definitely. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm. Um, but I guess it's, and like we said about Night of the Living Dead, but there is something that's very different about it, feeling almost like you could be there. So in this one. Yeah. Yeah, it could be happening to you because there's nothing that strange happening um, aside from at certain points. But so, so I think they both got something to offer in that regard. It's just yeah, to compare the two, um, I would choose the newer one. But yeah, I was so, I was again very surprised at just how much better this was than I expected from the start. I think I like it was other aspects to it, like the the arc between. Um, Arthur Kidd and his boss, where he sent him away, and mm. obviously, and that guy is quite horrible, you know he's, mm. he's like, you shouldn't have had a family you want to be something, you know you're pretty useless, tidy yourself up um, yeah. and then yeah, it's like well, why has he sent him there, like, well, what was the reason, and then I like the fact they addressed that um, Yeah, he came back
0: and confronted him and burnt the fucking Yeah, office. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, at first
3: I was like, he's not going to get all that in the
2: fireplace in <laughs> no, the like,
0: like, office yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but
3: also it's just you've literally just got away because the big wig in town has said, oh, mm. yeah, the uh, house burnt down, nothing to yeah. do with it. <laughs> and looked so wonderfully dodgy about it, which is beautiful. Um, so he's got his backing that, like, the arson would be nothing, to, like, the house burning down has nothing to do with him. So he goes to his boss's office and commits arson
1: in the front of about, like, 12 witnesses. <laughs>
3: And I know he's going mad, but come um, on. You know.
1: Well, that, yeah. Well, that's it. So, yeah, you know, it is another one where he is being sent mad by what's happening, and it's not absolutely sure, you know, it could be in his mind, some of it, until it isn't. Um, yeah, and so...
0: I think that's one of the things I loved about this one, going back and rewatching it, is I forgot that you do see the woman in Black fright right from the beginning, but you don't know that it's mm. a ghost. Like... Mm. We kind of do but he doesn't so he's just like this weird woman keeps turning up in places where she shouldn't be
2: yeah and
0: he doesn't he doesn't realize that anything's wrong and i mm. I think i preferred that to the remakes thing where it was like uh, you know oh let's let's chuck creepy old toys creepy old toys in a derelict old house that's way cre-. and i was like well, kind of is but i think i preferred the introduction coming from her in an unsettling scene rather than just
1: something. It's possibly a bit cliche, but uh, mm. so so I'd I forgotten that the other one was by Hammer, and you, you saying that Adam. So that was why we watched it, wasn't it originally? Yeah, it must it have because because when we started this, I think because I mean that was only what five years
3: old, I think, when we mm. started the podcast. Because yeah. that would think so, yeah, about, yeah, like, 2000s, about five years old. So, yeah. so it was kind of like it just, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't bang up to date. Like, mm. uh, but it wasn't really, really old. It was a Hammer film, so that linked back, but it was the a modern yeah. production and you know, with familiar faces and actors and stuff yeah. like
1: that. But, so, so you, but you say that um, Hammer... So have Hammer done anything since then that either of you like?
2: Um, or, or do
1: you prefer old Hammer?
0: I guess
1: they prefer Old
0: Hammer. Yeah.
1: Mm. So you think, think they've just lost their way?
3: It's an entire... I think it's... I think wisely, it's an entirely... Obviously, it's an entirely different sort of team behind it, essentially, because mm. anyone from the Hammer days is long retired and probably dead.
2: Mm.
3: So, you know, there's there's not many of the the, the old guard kicking about, really. Um but I think they're. I think they they understand what Hammer needs to be, and also, you know. But they're not pastiching the old look of it. Mm. And it, I feel that I feel they're doing Hammer the same way, like with the James Bond films, where they never. Do you know what I mean? They never try and make them look. Like 1960, yeah, even though technically, according to them, it is still the same guy called James Bond. Mm. So, but like the films don't, they don't try and retro anything, they never set it in the past or anything like that. Now, Hammer obviously is a different kettle of fish because they used to do period stuff then anyway. So, but so I think they're trying to aim for that. I think they're trying to aim for what Hammer would look like now rather than or should look like now, rather than trying to be oh we'll make it look like the really glaring technicolor all done on a sound studio um sort of you know slightly cheaper look or whatever like that. So, mm. you know, I think they've done well. I'm trying to, because th- 'cause I'll be honest, I can't really th- I can't really think of many of the newer ones I've seen. I've obviously seen the Woman in Black. Um I'm assuming that they did the sequel. The woman in black, like Woman in Black Two, Angel of Death, or whatever it's called. Um, and Obviously, it wasn't
1: a very good one.
3: I yeah, I, yeah.
1: I don't remember you mentioning that one. I watched it.
0: I think at least seen it. I haven't seen
3: it, so, but yeah.
1: Right.
0: Um, and actually, I made it about twenty-five minutes in, and it was so <laughs> bad, I turned it off and refused to ever go back and give it another go.
3: Adrian Rawlings is in it though. Mm. He's actually in
0: uh, Angel of Death so uh sorry so just checking very quickly so they came back uh and they did a it few, it was in 2008 they did beyond the rave that's and all it that. uh, then they did let me in which was the remake to let the right one in mm-hmm. uh the resident wakewood which is a good film uh with, is timothy, that the Spock. Folk horror one with timothy Spock. yes it was yeah 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 uh, i do want
3: to see that yeah
0: yeah now that was good um Woman in Black, The Quiet Ones, Woman oh, in Black, that. Angel of Death. Yeah, you like The Quiet Ones. I thought it was dreadful, but um, I saw it with a terrible audience. So um, I think well, it I, also I,
3: might be. It's, it's a bit weird that that's the one I've said. Oh, I love that, and that's the one that's set in the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's walking around in fucking slade t-shirts and stuff. So yeah, and I think
0: there was a lot of sound equipment involved that you got very yeah. hard about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, Yeah, and then they did The Lodge in 2019, and that's it. So they've only done 10 films or so Mm. since their resurgence. But
3: Um, I think think the good thing is they are still trying to be varied, and they're trying to be, to a greater or lesser extent, original. They're not doing Dracula, you know. mm.
0: I think the problem they had before, it wasn't a problem for me because I liked them, but they were like just churning films out as fast as they possibly could. And as you mm. say, it was, oh, this film did well. We did like do eight, ten sequels. But Whereas now they do seem to be more specific about the stuff that they're releasing.
1: Mm. Um, so so they're a smaller they, studio than they were, they must be, if they were yeah. doing so much.
3: Mm. I th- I think they are, but only in terms that the British film industry is so much smaller than
0: it was when Hammer was around. Mm. So, but yeah, they seem to be releasing a film every couple of years rather than just trying to yeah churn stuff out on a quick.
3: They time probably haven't got the resources. Things not only that, but also the turnaround on films then was much quicker. Mm. And and really, from a budgetary point of view, I mean, Hammer would never. You know, they weren't sort. Of pissed money out they were never hollywood budgets or anything mm-hmm. no. like that though but they were able to sort of grind them out and uh, and also they they would do a lot of cost saving things it was like they bring out um the reptile and plague of the zombies and they're in exactly the same they're set in exactly the same house mm-hmm. and exactly the same locations with pretty much the same cast. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. So it's they would do, and like um, a lot of castles, they would reuse. Castle Dracula becomes um, like uh, the Tsar's palace in Rasputin and things like that. So you know they would they were always quite conscious of uh, they were always quite consciously budgetary restraint, efficient, things like that. Yeah, and I th- and I still maintain I think that's what they're trying to do now. Actually, they did a really mm. excellent um set of radio plays as well they did like the hammer box set and again that was all original material and i'll give them their due apart from uh, the woman in black is probably the only thing that i believe is a previous property everything else i think they've done is um you know it's original material as it were it's not sort of covers or adaptions of earlier works and they've not and like I say, they've wisely—they've not gone back and just decided, oh well, we could do another Frankenstein. It's like they didn't need to do another Frankenstein like forty years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you know, they've done six. They didn't need to. <laughs> they've done six. Could have comfortably stopped at maybe four, and <laughs> but they didn't. That's the one. Yes, the Hammer. I am
0: holding up Hammer Chillers, which is season one of the uh, audio radio plays which Adam purchased for me as a Christmas present. Oh, um, yeah. And I didn't even know it was a thing. It was one of those really exciting ones where you just like, not only do I not have this, I didn't even know it existed. So uh, yeah. good show, old man. Good show. Thank, thank you, sir. So, I no, mean, I think, I, I think the love of Hammer may be,
3: I think, uh, certainly old, ha- I prefer older Hammer, but I think that's, it's so many things it's nostalgia it's like because i saw them when i was younger um and also i think the hammer films occupy a weird space it's a bit like universal did for a generation in the states of it was almost it's not family friendly you know you'll get a lot of blood maybe the odd tit and you know, it's sort of it's always like a bit violent or a bit ramped up or whatever like that. And mm. plot wise there'll be a, a huge dulp of sadism fairly often. Like, <laughs> um, but in the end they were weirdly enough, they were shit that you got shown as a kid. Or mm. you watched as a kid that was sort of like Yeah, it it Somewhere was Somewhere okay. it sneaked past the Yeah. The it's much it's much in the same way as when I was I was um Uh, I was listening to... I've been listening to Smurfs Pod. And they were talking about the start of um, Live and Let Die. uh, Like the James Bond film. And Mm. um, they said, it's like... Oh, yeah, first time I ever saw this was like three o'clock on a bank holiday. How does it open? Oh, yeah. A man is killed with a sonic weapon. Uh, Another man is stabbed in the stomach and then pushed into the bottom of a foldable coffin. Which everyone then celebrates around. (laughs) and then another man is bitten on the face by a snake Mm -hmm. and killed. And it's like when you put it like that, that probably wouldn't play particularly Mm -hmm. well on (laughs) Earth. But again, it was all stuff that was kind of on, and similarly like the Hammer films, okay, they would still be showing them later, but there was no, no one had any worry or qualms that you were watching Mm -hmm. them at 12 or whatever, because yeah, they had a sort of they still had a familiarity about them,
0: and yeah. they still
3: good. And it's also that thing of appreciating
0: older actors as well. Hmm. You know, because it's like I, I wonder if that's part of it. You know, and I, I don't want to go all me going on about how much I hate the nanny state, but like we did, like when we were kids, these things were on, as you say, mm. late afternoon or whatever, and we were shown them, and they were perfectly fine. And that's why we had an appreciation for older films. Like you say, like if they want to show a hammer film now, if they showed it at six o'clock in the evening, people would be upping up. Well, there was blood in that. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. We watched it at seven or eight years old. It never did us any harm. It was absolutely fine. And because of that, it's now not going to be on till ten o'clock at night. And who's going to stay up till ten o'clock at night to watch a hammer film? Unless you're an old fart like us. Yeah. Who's like,
3: probably can't... got them on fucking DVD somewhere? Exactly, already got the
0: box sets.
3: Yeah, and I think so, and, and not only that, but also. But then everyone's like, "Oh, well, no one tunes into watches, and we won't show them anymore." Yeah. yeah. So, but I think
2: that, yeah.
3: So there is a there is a weird thing with Hammer where it's definitely I almost I lump it in as family friendly, in so much as like if you, I mean, I can I can definitely show you. Uh, I won't, but don't worry. <laughs> But I could show, I can show you definitely loads of bits of Doctor Who where you're like, you know, where everyone's like, yeah, they definitely wouldn't put that on now. Mm. Where it's like a man gets shot in the gut and it actually explodes. Someone being drowned. Uh, a lot of knifings. Um, <laughs> a man having his hands crushed and sort of, and like graphically, with blood pouring out of his hands and only like, yeah, they probably wouldn't do that now. But it was all shit that was like perfectly set. I'll bang it on. I think it was in a weird way because I think people were like, especially in the 80s, I think it was like, oh, people watch the A-Team. And it's actually, when you watch the A-Team,
0: it's fairly bloodless. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of guns. Yeah, and you hear
0: yeah. a go off and somebody falls over. But you never... But,
1: yeah, but, I think yeah. on the surface it looks violent A-Team while is isn't actually...
0: I mean, it is violent, but it's violent in a different it's, way.
3: It's quite yeah. sanitised and everything. Yeah. And, but then on the other side of it, it's like people were like, yeah, what, the Cyberman crushes hands? Yeah, go for it. Mm. Have you got blood packs? Yeah, go for
2: it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's gruesome. And it's like, I mean, and they're the bits I love. Yeah. Um, because I was a warped kid. And it's like, but I do genuinely think there is, there's a lot of things where people are like, no, you're not allowed to scare. Don't scare the kiddies anymore. So, and, but I still maintain there's, there's stuff there. Not only that, but also, you're a kid, you will find the weirdest stuff. To be scared of? To be scared of as well. You know, you could probably watch, you put plunk a kid down in front of Witchfinder General and they wouldn't, you know, wouldn't think anything of it. You shall nosy bonk off of fucking Words and Pictures. Yeah. You know,
2: it's...
3: Get up, get up. Get up. Get yeah, that's true. There we go. Claire has just given, Claire's just given the example. We sat and watched uh, Nightmare Before Christmas for Ted. Absolutely fine. He is shit scared of Sean
0: the Sheep. Yeah, see? And it's like, you just. But, and like you say, being scared of stuff, I, I don't think that's a bad I think being scared of things in a safe environment when you're younger never did any of us any harm. It's a roller coaster never, thing.
3: In a way, it's a fun, fair thing of like you know, raised blood pressure or whatever, like that. But
0: you know, I think it's, I think, think like all emotions, you have to get used to it, you have to grow up with it, like keeping kids away from fear, and then suddenly going, Right, there you go, you're 18, why don't you go and watch The Exorcist? and then you know, they're in the bed for the next six weeks, like (laughs) if you don't, you know, slowly introduce them in a comfortable, yeah, but yeah, like. shit in the bed for two weeks. I don't know, I just thought, if you took somebody and didn't show them anything that ever scared them and then showed them the ecstasy, what would be the possible results?
1: Yeah, I think so. Mm. Turn into a mass murderer. <laughs> yeah. I now- saw that, actually, because I, I read uh, Apple News lately. Other news aggregates are available. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just started trying it. And it's interesting because you see so many different headlines that I would never normally look at. And one was, and I don't know if it was The Sun or uh, Daily Mail or something, and it said, the youngest serial killer is eight and has killed three people. And I didn't actually read the article because I tend to I just re- read headlines. But I know both of you quite like serial killers. I've never had any interest in them. It's um, not- obviously, late, I've heard of a few.
0: But... I'm not interested in serial I listen mm. to a podcast, um, which is very good, which unfortunately used to do ghosts and UFOs and weird shit and serial killers on the odd mm. episode. Um, yeah, and people obviously like serial killers more, so they've now become That's... 70%. Mm. And because I like the characters, I still listen to it. Oh. I think,
3: I, think I, I know who you're talking about, obviously, and yeah. um, I think they still manage it with because I still think they manage to make them funny. Yes. Which is good, but I think there's a there's a huge market for the true crime stuff, and mm. I'll admit I'm swept up in it because uh, but and I'm not and it's not just purely serial killers sort of it's just crime is quite you know it's an interesting thing yeah and it's detection and the way you know I mean what was it I was watching uh I can't remember the program but there was basically it was one about a fraud case and you think well that's going to be dull as shit but it was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen because because this bloke tried to get them to um, get the insurance company to pay out, had all his stuff robbed from his big country mansion including the fireplace um, and they found loads of his stuff at the house underground like uh, uh, in the cellar so they were already, well this is sort of fucked your claim slightly hasn't it but they couldn't <laughs> Then they found out he had a second home because they worked out that he'd left the metadata on when he took the picture of the fireplace. (laughs) It was never in the fucking house. It was in his other house in Ireland. And and here's the best bit. They obviously had to go and investigate it. So he was that pleased with it. The investigating officer had a picture of himself taken leaning on the mantelpiece, smiling, to use as (laughs) evidence later when they confronted the bloke and said, you're talking shit, aren't you? (laughs) And but that's and so, you know, and that's an example, there was a true crime thing where it was it was an insurance fraud. But it was definitely entertaining. And I find detection entertaining and things like that. Mm. Also, technically, he has to kill five people to qualify as a serial killer. I was so eight year old better rethink what <laughs> he's doing. I was
0: gonna say, I think even I know, yeah, three isn't enough, unfortunately. Mm. quite no. fast as a...
3: Never is, never is.
0: This yes. but considering the criminal justice system, he'll probably get another go to have a crack at another two, so uh he could be one yet.
1: so uh I guess that's that's what people are worried about, isn't it? That you watch stuff like this early on and it does that to you.
3: Yeah, Although, but then I think it was some things that's true. It, no. Well, it's one of those things that unfortunately, unfortunately echoes back is you get stuff like the comics code comes in because in the nineteen thirties there were all the comics like Tales from the Crypt and stuff like that and um, all the stuff that creep shows, basically based on the EC comics from the 30s and 40s. And everyone was like, well, that's why kids are going out and stabbing people and mugging people and being jets and sharks or fucking whatever. It's because they've read these horror comics. So we'll start a campaign to do these horror comics and sort them out and everything. Else. That'll be fine. Then in the 50s, it's like, oh, well, they're, they're all greasers with flip knives now because they've watched all those films with that that James Dean. And they've watched all these horror films, like Roger Corman horror films and those Vincent Price ones. And that's what made them all like it. And it just rolls on and on. At the moment, it's fucking computer games. Films are well out of the the loop. I hate to say oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah no, that's it. Huge. When I was
1: growing up, yeah, it was computer games were the worry. And obviously, that's what I spent most of my time doing, playing computer games, while the you were both watching big... all these films. Like, the yeah, I and mean, I mean, I've turned to be no... the most violent person ever. The
0: Victorians had uh, the Victorians and the Edwardians had no video games, no rap music, uh, no horror films, and yet they were murdering. Uh,
1: they they had books though. It was books at that time. I
0: oh, was it books then. Yeah, uh,
1: it was
3: it would have been it was books then. It was probably because the kinematograph had just been invented.
0: <laughs> all those yeah. people describing crimes are wax cylinder. That's why. Yeah. I'm very sorry. She exposed her ankles, so I had to. <laughs> I think don't people be, are of one another. And I think in a time now where we've got access to everything previous and a lot of things do get quiet, I mean, the things that we can see now on video, uh, on video, <laughs> you know, I mean, are you things you can see videos of now that aren't true, like in films and on YouTube. Mm. or um, Yeah, like gore and crime and serial killers and all this. I don't think for a moment. Mu- i mean considering how much more access we've got we live in the most civilized age people have ever lived in if you look if you compared us to how people were in the 50s or how they were at the turn of the century we are so much more evolved and so much less we live in such a nicer society it's not perfect there no is but it's getting better is so we're getting access to more of this stuff, and we're getting better. If that doesn't tell you that that's a complete nonsense, then I don't know what the fuck.
3: I yeah, think. no, I think I think you're right. You can't every, you know, everything's fucked, but it's less fucked than it ever has been. Yeah, and that's a good way of sort of. I think that's a good way of looking at it. And yeah, there is no, there is what is it? Is uh, correlation is not causation? Yes. So you might find that there are an, ordinary, an amount of it might be the eight-year-old serial killer watched nothing but fucking uh, hostile for his since he was five or whatever like that, and it's like, yeah, but you probably find eight other kids who haven't they haven't murdered three people.
0: Yeah,
3: you know, right. it's it's not necessarily a thing, and I do, and to be honest, I'm certain that the woman in black didn't actually uh, <laughs> has not been linked. I mean <laughs> fucking hell even ghost was linked to a suicide so yes. you know it's yeah. you know the woman in black did not display any of these features um i have to say though what it did display was loads of fucking people that you must be familiar with from telly
0: yeah oh it, yeah just so
3: many uh, so many of the uh, people in it and actually the 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 guy um the guy who plays um arthur adrian rawlins yeah um yeah there's a film he there's a film he's done that's coming out this year called Undergods. and i urge you to check out the trailer because it does look really good it just looks like it's going to be something very like epic weird fiction sort of thing under Gods, it's called and there's yeah and that that looks that looks like it could be very good it um could. I am very I am very pleased as well. I do I'm glad to see a non bearded Andy Nyman as a fresh faced <laughs>
0: young man. Um funny him and Steve McIntosh as well next to each other. Yeah. Few, I was like Yeah,
3: they're, they're huge now, but Yeah. Well I mean Andy Nyman, I mean it's like I mean he's fucking, you you don't expect I mean he's done all right for himself. That's that's a good that's a good start on the C V. <laughs> but, oh, you were in that terrifying that one that scared lots of people. Uh ITV version of the woman in black. So that's a reputation of procedure, which is quite good. <laughs> regardless of which role you play. But I mean I recently I saw um Adrian Rawlings was in the TV series of Chernobyl. Oh, and really. he was he was fucking great in that. He so that, that was meant to be really good. It's it's really good. It is um, obviously it's it's real you know mm. and they they do it really
1: really well it yeah. is a
3: grim watch i am not mm. going to actually you'll love it chris yeah
1: <laughs> well no, except but i'm not so keen when it is real i mean i probably will still like it's, it but it's just that knowing that those things really did happen to be me. i mean i listen it's I'd more want...
3: the fascination of yeah, what okay. I, mean, I guess especially, especially
1: because it's like the
3: reflection of mm the level of governmental control that obviously was at that time in Russia. Yeah. And how it's not just a mismanagement of the disaster, but a mismanagement of dealing with everyone affected by the disaster. It's just, yeah. Mm, but they're, it's, they're not I mean, known they're,
1: for their people skills, the uh, Russian government.
3: Ironically, no. I mean, you know, it's all about the people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the glorious
3: state. But the trouble is with that as well, is, and I did see a lovely uh, thing that someone had put on there, which was when you watch it, the amount of people who were involved who basically go into something and it's like, this is going to kill us, isn't it? And they go, yes,
1: and they still mm. do it. Yeah.
3: And it's like,
1: they said... Weirdly well, so the enough. people on the ground are heroes.
3: Yeah. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And it's one of those things where it's like, someone did say the interesting thing is because of that whole thing of the sublimation of the of the people as a whole over the individual, all those people go willingly in, mm. essentially to, to a death sentence, to try and sort this out. And they said, would the same thing be true in a mm. society, where, you know, if it's like where the individual is more praised, people so are probably going, right. oh, fuck yeah. off, fine ain't going, yeah. 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 Know, it'd be my answer, you know. And it's sort of, you know, but it is, and also just... Yeah, it is just a. I mean, it's fascinating, and it's so, so well done. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. If you want, if you want a sober six episodes or something, yeah, <coughs> I recommend. I do highly recommend you, I have to say, just not to me. No, I don't. Don't think it's one for you, sir. <laughs> um,
1: so so I, he was in that. So that yeah. So that was fairly recent.
3: Yeah, he was. He's been in. He's been in Doctor Who. Half the fucking cast of this have been in Doctor Who. Mm. He was in. He was in Hard Sun. Did anyone see that? Hard Sun mm. was the. It was the guy who did Luther, mm. um, the guy who wrote wrote Luther, Neil Cross, um, and basically it was a police drama. And unfortunately, I didn't really get on with it because it was a police drama kind of thing where you've oh you've seen this before. But the unique selling point was that it was taking place in the last five years of Earth. Okay. So it was basically present day, and they said, right, the sun's dying, mm. and we predict that the world will end in five years. So obviously they open it with five years by David Bowie. Um, and, um, yeah, and so it's basically, it's that's the drama, but in a world where everyone knows they've got five years left. mm but I think they got too raptor I would I would watch the shit out of that as a crime show because of imagine the the uniqueness of the crimes you would have you would have people who don't give a shit
2: hmm. you know it's
3: like I'm going to prison in 5 years I don't fucking like you know it would be I thought there would be so much or even you know you would have cult activity with people who were promising you to you know they're promising you an afterlife after the yeah. when the world ends or whatever like that Mm. And I thought there was so much room for that that, but unfortunately they needlessly did a, oh, but these cops have got problems. This <laughs> one, this one's son tried to kill her and this one's having an affair with his dead partner's ex, uh, like his dead ex-partner's wife and, you know, and it was sort of...
0: Uh, it was no, very tedious, mundane shit and nothing yeah, oh, as it, it, it could have been. Yeah, because it was such a Bob
3: Basic cop show for what essentially was like, that's a unique idea but you've kind of just added that onto your slightly by numbers police pre- police show you've done
0: uh, yeah
1: I, that it? was one of the first things that terrified me i don't know if i was like five or six at the planetarium learning that the sun was going to blow up one day and, like, and the concept <laughs> of it being billions of years away didn't quite hit home as much as the fact that it was going to happen and I, yeah, I just remember that as being the first sort of real Yeah, big concept that was terrifying.
3: It's your cosmic terror. Literally, it did it. That
1: lasted for years. Yeah. That is why you do not go to the
0: planet (laughs) Arium. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um right, so um is that everything for this episode? I mean, apart from just saying
3: how fucking good everyone is. I mean, Bernard, Hep- oh Bernard Hepton, who plays yeah. Sam yes. T Tee- Check out Robin Redbreast. It was a play for today. It's very folk horror. It's really fucking good. If you can get, if you can find it, um, yeah. And he's like, he's basically, well, I'm gonna say it's a bit folk horror, and so he is essentially the Christopher Lee of the village. Oh. You know, in the in, in Wicker Man terms, shall we say. He's like the head git. Um git? <laughs> <Get. laughs> yeah, that's the only way I can think of it. But he also, because he, the guy who directed this also did I, Claudius, and he did Tales of the Unexpected. I mean, everyone's been in the fucking bill.
2: Everyone,
3: yeah. you know, it's, the, it's that kind of a cast. So, you know, everyone's been here, there, and most of them were in Doctor Who. Bernard, Bernard Hepton sadly didn't, even though he feels like he really should have been. But he was Inspector Goult in a eighty two adaptation of an Inspector Calls. He was in Our Claudius, um, and he's in the um, Alec Guinness Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Smiley's People. Mm-hmm. He's Toby Esther in that, and he's really he was really fucking good in that. Um, and then the bloke the bloke who runs the bar uh, runs the inn, David Daker. Yeah, uh, who is obviously the boss in Boone, and we yeah. know what Boone is, don't we? Lee? Yes,
2: oh, we wow. do.
3: It's the one about a monkey with a fucked up ass <laughs> um but he's also he, I forgot he's in i bought a vampire motorcycle he is and, and the ter- ter-
0: terrible thing is I know him more
3: than that than I do from boom <laughs> I think everyone does because boom was just on unfortunately I don't think anyone ever liked it it was just on
0: see so so every nobody liked it it was just on everybody can still sing the theme tune don don't know I'm Don't not going me. to. It'll be in the for the next three weeks, but we all know it. Don't you worry. I'm not going to. And he's he's the dad in Time Bandits.
3: Um, yes. And, um. Um, he's he's Captain Rig in The Nightmare of Eden, which is a good Doctor Who story. But he's Iron Grom in The Time Warrior, which is a fucking brilliant story. Um, another one that popped up for me, Jarvis in Porridge. You know ah. the one that has a row with... <laughs>
0: Yes. As a Rowie Godper, and he's got threatening with the TV. One of the things I loved most about re-watching this, it is one of those everybody who turns up on screen, you go, no, them, no, them." Yeah. You've got to have IMDb up the whole time. Yeah. I, I know him, but I haven't seen him in 30 years, so you have to skip through and go, oh, he was in three episodes of that. And what was yeah. it? Oh, yeah, what was he? Actually, back to our
3: Agatha, Christi, Agatha Christie. Um, Pauline Moran, who was the woman in black, um, was Miss Lemon in Poirot. I don't know. Is, is that his um, secretary in it or something? I can't remember. That... No, I don't know. I've not seen a lot of the Poirot ones. I um... oh, Fair enough. Oh, another one. You'll probably be spotting most of them in Midsummer Murders, Lee. They're all that crowd as well. It is the same crowd as Midsummer Murders, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you've got... Um, David Ryle, who's the boss, Mr. Sweetman, who is in uh, the Brilliant in the Red. I've really got to watch that, and he used to be in Return of Sheddy. But I forgot, he's got quite a heavy um, like League affiliation, because he's in the Track Tape, off and Crooked House. Yes, he is. And I didn't realise this, but he is Tom Tip in the League of Gentlemen's Apocalypse, the night stall man who is in the toilet when Jeff says, No, is he really?
2: Yeah, that's David Ryle. <laughs>
0: Oh God! I need to go back and rewatch that. I mean, mm. yeah. Oh, and he was in Harry Potter. I remember
3: him in yes. at some point. Yeah, Singing Detective, Blake Seven, the uh, Michael Caine, Jack the Ripper, and I like this. I keep forgetting this. He was he was in the Elephant Man, the David Lynch film, and his character is credited as Man with Whores.
0: <laughs> if I am ever credited in a film, I want it to be that. <laughs>
3: Well there we go. We'll, we'll we'll change that on the bio for the <laughs> Lee, man with whores, and Adam show their friend Chris through the spooky world of horrors. <laughs> um John Kerwick, the uh, William Simmons Simons, the guy who's um the cart the guy on the cart who delivers cart, him for Lex, yeah. does like the caretaker guy. Yeah. He was in fucking heartbeat for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and he he turns up in loads of stuff, I forgot he's in Doctor Who, he's in The New Statesman he's in The Guardians which I forgot existed, which is a fucking great show, Big Breadwinner Hog, The Sweeney uh, Mrs. Toovey, Fiona Walker she was married to the director and strangely Ah. enough had quite a big part in uh, I, Claudius as well (laughs) Um, and she's in The Aspics which I would a film
0: that I just totally forgot existed Oh, Um, because it's a it isn't a bad film, but it's just such a ridiculous premise to it. I think yeah, problem. I think it comes across quite well, apart from the fact it makes no pissing sense. It makes no It makes no pissing sense, and it's also, oh, I've invented the camera. Yeah,
3: apparently you've invented the fucking zoom lens as well. What the fuck? <laughs> this doesn't feel of a piece with the with the equipment you're using. <laughs> but yeah, and she she's she's been in she was in Doctor Who twice. She was in Silver Nemesis and the Keys of Mariners, so she's worked with the first and seventh. Oh. Um, I, I totally didn't recognise uh, John Cater as Pepperell, the um, solicitor in the village. Oh, um, I didn't recognise him? He's Superintendent Waverley from the Abominable Dr Fibes. You know, the oh, no. really pissed-off boss. Is like, he really? Yeah, you know. Oh. What, and where are you going now? The lavatory. Very appropriate. <laughs>
2: Again, one of
0: my favourite pissed-off cop boxes from, uh, from uh, British movies.
3: Definitely. And you can hear more about him on Welcome to Horror Episode 44, The Abominable Dr. Fibes.
0: Was it that long ago?
3: Yeah. Fibes was a very oh, long time wow. ago. Yeah. 44 episodes ago. And I also worked out, we must have done, we've definitely done more than 100 films.
0: Yes, we have. We did a we... few bonuses. Because we've got bon, well, we've got bonus episodes, and also we've got, got about thirty odd bonus episodes. Mm. Plus, yeah. we, we did a few back to backs as well, didn't we? Where we did like one and two, or one mm. and three, or
3: and,
1: and we count all be- the shorts we saw at the uh, festival?
0: Yeah,
3: we've, uh, when we've done South End on Sea, they've moved uh, Horror on Sea. They've moved their date for next year, so I think it's
0: May. Oh, see, now that's a much better. Because that's the problem. We always go.
2: And And it's it's
0: miserable. And it's well worth going, and we have a fantastic time. But it always means to go anywhere for lunch or anything. You've got to walk out in the rain. Whereas going in the height of summer, I know Mm. it probably cost them more for the venue, but I would definitely be all over that.
3: Yeah. So check that out and have a look. I can't remember exactly the date, but, yeah, check. Actually, just check them out anyway. If Mm. if Listeners of this show, I am assuming that Horror Odyssey would be of interest.
0: Definitely. If you can get down there, it's worth it. You, they do a really good uh rates on the hotel because it's held in one of the rooms in the hotel. So they do like a thing. If you buy a ticket, you can get a cheaper room. Um yeah. And South End, uh, yeah, it is a grotty little place, but there's something very lovable about it. I mean, I love going down there. It's we always went down there as kids, and yeah, and going down there for a good film festival where you can watch good films, there's some good bars there. Just across the road, underneath the Grand Hotel, I think it is, is Dr Legba's Absinthe Bar. Um, Can't go wrong there. Drink Absinthe uh, and Pickle Ricks and play the game where you have to smash a hammer into a log with one hit. Uh, Yeah.
3: And, of course, you could always round that off with a burger at Jabba's Palace.
0: Oh, Jabba's Palace.
3: (sighs) Yes. It's not what it's actually called. It was just we called the bloke who ran it Jabba.
0: Yes, for obvious reasons. Yeah, oh, they used to their burgers used to be like two patties and then bacon and cheese and pineapple. They I can't remember what it was called, babes. Oh, I, 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 I used
3: to just get the burger that was two patties with two extra patties. <laughs> and, <a patty. laughs> and I think I think it was called um, I think it was called oh, uh, burger. yeah. That's your medical insurance
2: fucked.
0: I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Love End. Oh I miss it now But I think that's a really good move of them as well Because to be honest With everything that's going on now We all keep saying "Oh, things will be back to normal in two months And we've been saying that for ten months
1: And Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, yeah. It's good so, to be
1: optimistic like,
0: Skipping it forward an extra six months now While it's probably cheaper for them to book in advance I think it's a very smart idea mm. Well done Horror on two.
3: But uh, um, but yeah all in all my as a first watch I really I really enjoyed this. I think this I think I I probably prefer it to the 2012 one I think it's just a bit more in my wheelhouse it's a bit, Oh that's something I was going to ask because I can't remember how does the 2012 one end?
1: Because I know there's the at bit the train where station.
3: It comes and takes his kid.
1: Yeah. That's it. That was like because oh, really? obviously
3: the, because obviously that's the thing in it where it's like the appearance of the woman in black, you someone someone loses their child. Mm. Whereas this obviously they wipe out the whole, oh, the whole yeah. family. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and, and I have to say, Nigel Neal again, chirpy bastard. <laughs> it's like quite a mass it's like the quite a mass conclusion where it's like what's the best what's the best way of dealing with this? What's all gone out of hand? So we just fire a nuclear rocket into ourselves. Yeah. So <laughs> And um, yeah, I quite love, But I like, I do like that bleakness of the ending. I had, a, I had a look, and the apparently the the book, the 2012 one, then is more like the book because appara- I think it's uh, his wife and his kid die. They die like in a, ca- a carriage accident. Yeah,
2: right?
3: but I don't think any of the sort of ring style digging a dead kid out of the mud. That. Was <laughs> That's purely Hammer. I don't think that's in the book or the... And it's certainly not in this version, obviously. No. I mean, sound-wise, I really... I thought that the that had the right level of... When he hears the accident like hmm. on, on a loop and on repeat, that becomes... You know, that would... You know, that becomes quite clearly... That would drive you mad. Yeah. And actually, the creepiest bit I found was... The little voice,
0: hello, yeah, because it just not... sounded, yeah, it sounded like it was just in the room, like it was a perfect natural thing, except yeah. you couldn't see somebody, yeah. And I think that that was that had a creepy,
3: that had a, a worse shock vibe in a way than if it had been, oh, you. <laughs> sort of, you know, big, you will die. <laughs> Whereas I think, hello. Because yeah. immediately you'd be in that room, and if a gen- genuinely living child had come in and gone hello, yeah. you'd jump out your fucking skin.
0: <laughs> the fact that
3: you then realised the child cannot be seen
0: <laughs> It was like I was saying with the thing with all the wind up kids in the room. You know where it's like, oh, let's get all these funny, creepy, little old looking toys and get them all together. But that just the toy soldier that keeps turning up in places where it shouldn't be. So someone is clearly keeps giving it to him.
3: Yeah. Well, well it says at the one point it says for you, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. You
3: know, and I think that is that that is the curious thing as well with it, where you've got a sort of benign manifestation of the afterlife, hmm. as well as the malevolent. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's just so actually, and I did like that was definitely the bit where I had raise a, a Nigel Neal chuckle. Was definitely when it was, um, you know, maybe events can be recorded onto uh, onto the building, much in the same way as we recorded onto this wax cylinder. It's like <laughs> well, you, you're not saying the word stone tape, but you you That's are, fair. aren't you? <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of wax cylinders, I'd like to announce my own fucking first tentative steps into dementia. In that when he's setting fire to everything, it was like I was like for a second I was like. Was he chucking them in the fire? Are they going to burn? It's like, well, whack you prick. <laughs> and that was genuinely a conversation that
0: took place in my head. Oh. You know, and I felt the less for it. <laughs> on, that, on that note, we should probably get you off to be granddad. So, Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had a feeling, Adam, that you were going to prefer the Although you did like, obviously, I know the, the remake that we covered. I oh, thought definitely. it would definitely be way more your cup of tea. Um, Chris, I thought it was probably 50-50, really. But um, I know you'd enjoy it, but I wasn't sure whether this would possibly be, as we've said before, because you didn't know this style of TV as well mm. as I. Then maybe.
3: Definitely. I think that you can see, and, and like I say, there is nothing, there was nothing wrong with the, uh, 2012 one I just preferred this one in terms of <coughs> in terms of the storytelling but also in terms of the visual because I think sometimes especially with ghost stories I think if you've got a bit too much to throw at the screen hmm. it isn't always for the best I mean it's the, it's like the difference between the haunting from the the original haunting from the 60s Yeah. Versus the 90s remake where it was all like, you know, that is a real shocker of like, oh, that's not how
0: you do this. That is such a kick in the butt. The first one is the most subdued film. It's possibly as as a film I enjoy as a slow burn. It's one of the most subdued, slow paced movies I've ever seen. Mm. I enjoyed every minute of it. And the remake, yeah, it's just like, what if Disney did it as a ride? And that's exactly yeah. what it feels like. It's just like everything's coming to life. and every, Whereas in the original, something's making a slightly strange noise. And two people can hear it, so it's definitely real. Yeah. And you just see something out the corner of your right. And you've all seen it, but by the time you turn around, it's gone. Instead of you know a bed comes to life and swallows a person like that was
3: the, just, that was the one i was thinking of yeah when the four poster bed becomes claws or whatever it is just like
0: oh it's, it's a, a massive pendulum in the fireplace and oh
1: but yeah
0: absolute piece of shit
1: um and on and, that note you, you saying oh, like disney oh here we go just because we watched the uh, toy story one the other day, and I don't think yeah. I mentioned this, but it was a couple weeks ago now. But um, and the horror scene in that was actually really good. Is that with all the creepy? They all start coming Boys. out of the ground, and yeah, and they're all they're mangled and twisted because Sid, the kid, yeah, has, the kids like melted them and fused them together, and so. But yeah, but just it was essentially, you know, like a little horror scene, and I'm sure there was a, I can't remember who it was, who whether it was a director. It was someone was involved in it that I thought, oh, that's funny. It's quite surprising. Um, yeah, I'm not sure now. probably go
0: back and rewatch that. But I haven't seen I, it since I was, it was released. When I, I was,
1: was really ready. impressed with it. But it was it was a good story. I mean, the kids enjoyed it. But I just thought, yeah, actually, you know, if I'd, I might have hesitated knowing what was going to come up, but they're both fine with it. Just, yeah, just See, interesting. Okay. Disney does do some good stuff.
3: Well, that's also Yeah, but then also, I think that that's a good example of something scary. Mm. That is something. That is a good one of the. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm not saying that it's on a par with, you know, someone being drowned or, you no. know, a, a, a no, it, graphic knife. It was the
1: whole style of it. It just but suddenly got scared. dark. It was like, okay, they've mm. actually managed to do a really good job of just suddenly. Yeah, the whole feeling is. Yeah. Is like some horror it's a very,
0: thing is going a on. a very creepy moment. Mm. It really is. Well, I really enjoyed uh, uh, Not that long ago, actually. I'm going to check it out on IMDb, as we are discussing now, and let you know exactly when it came out. Uh, Paranorman, when that came out. Mm. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, 2012 that came out. Um, yeah, kind of claymation, yeah, family-friendly story about a kid who can see ghosts. Um uh-huh. Yeah, and I, again, that was the same. Like, I really liked it. It was it worked for a kid because there's nothing really, like I say, a kid, you know, ten, twelve, maybe. Mm. I guess um, there's nothing in it that's like over. It, oh, it's a PG even. Yeah, so it is aimed at a, at a younger audience. Um, but yeah, but for us, it's got all the cliches in there. So like, mm. it's got the older jock brother and the cheerleader oh, girl. Right. End and it's got that whole so it's made by people who know the genre,
1: no, yeah,
0: and are trying to show it in a comfortable way to kids,
1: which mm. is mm. yeah, that's know, pretty good.
0: It's what you need, as you say. I, I totally appreciate in the past there's been stuff shown to kids that was perfectly acceptable and probably shouldn't mm. have been, like we said, with the old public service announcements and stuff. But I think if you take all that away and say you can't watch anything until yeah.
1: you... Live. Well, it, yeah, well, I think that's what stood out with this. It was like, they've just done this so perfectly because it's not so terrifying. There isn't anything really awful, but it mm. definitely gives you a taste of, you know, it's not that far to realise that bad things can happen. Mm. Um, obviously, I've looked up where it was. Just oh, fuck reading. me, I mean, Disney? Well, I mean, yeah. Jesus
3: Christ, Disney's more fucking traumatising than anything. I mean, it's like, oh, a bloke got his hands
1: crushed, that's fine.
0: Oh, yeah. Her mum got shot. Yeah, I wouldn't watch Bambi or Watership Down now.
1: Oh, no. Watership Down is amazing. Is it, that, is um, that Disney?
0: No, I don't no. Know. no I don't Watership down it, is. I, oh, it's just you say you don't know what Watership Down is?
3: No, I said I don't think Watership Downs is. Do things. Oh, right, down. sorry. Mm. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't know what, what fucking like. Watership Down
0: I was going to say, have you never heard of Watership Down? <laughs>
3: Um, Claire's just mentioned the Lamb before time, and I don't... yeah, yeah, that, that. that's
1: another. That is amazing. I think we've mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I think I think, I think we should mention that once a week, to be honest. <laughs> or when, or when Dumbo's know.
3: mum goes insane and gets. You know, I've, so I've never seen off Dumbo. Off. Uh. You know, Disney has a bit of a fucking. You mm. know, fuck they genuinely don't fuck about. <laughs> <laughs> you sit there and it's like I could have shown my kid like a, a YouTube supercut of all the violence in, like, I don't know, James Bond or Doctor Who or something like that that was shown quite early. And none of it will compare to the fucking, like, parenticide horror that is, like, Disney films, because they don't give a shit. No, they don't. That's why I stick to the nice ones. Emperor's New Groove,
1: Robin Hood, Mm -hmm. Jungle Book. Yeah, Robin Hood's good.
0: Yeah, I watched The Black Cauldron recently for the first time. Oh, it's good, great. isn't it? Yeah.
3: And that don't yeah. fuck about either. John Hurt is particularly terrifying.
0: Yeah. how had I never seen that?
1: I'm surprised you haven't, actually. Oh. Yeah. I don't
0: know where I missed
1: it. So, so that's Disney. So, so why has Disney got such a, a good rap and a bad rap?
0: Um, I do I,
3: I So they
1: just do both really good and really bad things?
3: I don't know. I think. I mean, there's tits in Fantasia. Um, <laughs> if you watch the long form version, I'm quite shocked. There's cent- uh, centaur tits and stuff. Yeah. And stuff like so, yeah. Um, but I think no. I think Disney again. I think it's just a storytelling thing, and I think also it's because Disney bec- Disney still gets brought forward.
2: Hmm.
3: So it's not necessarily your kids aren't just going to see the Disney films of their era, they will probably be shown all the older stuff as well. Yeah. And again, I wonder if it is that generational thing where it was like kids were either tougher or considered tougher, hmm. that they could take sort of quite hard concepts. Although the amount of fucking orphans is to a point where you're like, I believe that they I can't remember, I think it's Robot Chicken where they had the um that he um Walt Disney lived off the tears of children. Which is why they have all those scenes in his films so they could collect them and drink them. And which which in in and of itself is the kind of sinister that Disney does deal in sometimes. So
1: What what was that um that tale about them? Chasing off a load of lemmings off a cliff in order to be able to say that lemmings like jumping off cliffs. Is that true? I, I
3: don't. I don't quite know the full story, but as far as I'm aware, that, or certainly the 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 myth goes, that lemmings don't chop chop themselves off of cliffs, but this was a belief, and when they couldn't find any doing it, they threw them off a cliff. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> And again, but then again, it's sort of, you know. But I don't, I have to say, I mean, someone, someone can write in and let us know or, mm-hmm. because I don't know if that's true or not now. I think that might be one of those things that's gone, that's a, a myth or like a half truth or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Or, or maybe they were professional stunt lemmings,
2: you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they were little parachutes. Oh, um, how adorable, right? <laughs> Yeah. well, um, like in the game Lemmings. I love yeah. it. I was just, as we were talking about, I was like, just playing worms before we started mm-hmm. uh, this podcast. And now I need to go and get lemmings, I think. <laughs> oh, um, great. Uh, right. So before we get distracted again, um, next episode. Uh, this is episode 100, as we previously mentioned. Um, so Adam had the very good idea for episode 101. We are going to do.
1: Room one oh one.
3: I will say now it was actually Claire who first suggested it. Thank you, Claire. Uh, Claire,
1: Claire is the brains <laughs> behind the operation.
3: Oh <laughs> yeah, behind, behind every grating man there is a great woman. <laughs> that's very true in my case. But um yeah, so obviously in the in the in the book nineteen eighty four, room one hundred one contains the worst things in the world. And um yeah then the tv show room 101 was born in which people were invited on to uh, try and put things into room 101 so we're going to do the same thing because there's nothing quite like following up a great celebration with a wave of negativity of just the things we don't <laughs> like um, but we should be placing them into room 101 and i also i mean i'll go into it more I might go into it a bit on the next episode but uh there's quite a few horror connections to room 101 certainly in terms of mm-hmm.
1: 1984 so yeah oh.
0: excellent fantastic right
1: I look forward to that
0: so thank you ever so much everybody for joining us for this uh celebratory episode um and yeah thanks very much for joining us along our journey to this point um, yeah it's yeah it's as I say, it was one of those things we started as a bit of a laugh, we thought we'd do for a couple of months, and who thought three years on we would still be soldiering through the apocalypse, uh, recording as we are? It's um, I didn't think I'd still be talking to you, twat, so I'm not gonna lie, let alone <laughs> still, I'm married into the family of one of you, so I can't get
3: away yeah. with
2: it. Well,
0: not only
3: that, but also, you know, we, we all want to maintain our connections so we know where that next bit of black market bog rolls coming from. <laughs> So you know but but yeah when when you put it like that there does there does have a i do have this terrible feeling that there'll be people you know maybe in the far distant future whoever gets whoever gets to take over the earth after the human race has been and gone, not with a bang but with a persistent cough and a high temperature, <laughs> and um they'll be rooting through going there must be an explanation of something, you know, maybe we'll find and. While they're, trying the team, while they're trying to find information that can help them or make them understand what we were, they will have to trawl through a 100 <laughs> plus, 30-odd bonus episodes of us not adding a single jot to human knowledge. <laughs> and
0: I, I salute that. Do you know what? We have a drink. We have a laugh. I think our listeners do the same. I, it, uh,
3: yeah.
0: It's great happy 100th gentlemen i couldn't i i've enjoyed myself thoroughly so i honestly when we started this i thought this was going to be one of those things that we'd get to episode 20 we still only had three li- listeners an episode and we'd just sack it off um yeah i didn't that think it that plan backfired, didn't it, it
3: turns <laughs> out there
1: are a lot of good horror films
3: <laughs> that's very true and there's and there're more every day which is quite yeah. It is is actually quite
0: exciting. <laughs> it's gone ridiculous. I mean, when we first started doing these, I know we were doing it more organically then and the next episode was coming out of the episode we were recording. But literally, maybe it's because we're just in lockdown and we're bored to the tits. But Adam mm. and I, uh, because we're trying to keep the episodes from Chris to try and keep them a bit of a surprise, mm. Adam and I chat between ourselves about episodes. Um, yeah, and I don't think there's been... We're definitely adding episodes at a faster rate than we're recording them. Mm. So in the last six weeks, we've added twelve episodes, and it's progressing, going up and up. So um, yeah, I don't know. What? I don't know when it's going to end. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, for a while.
3: With 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 the rest of the world, I think.
0: Mm.
3: You know,
1: what, or until, until they
3: stop us.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh. And on that cheery note. <laughs> Thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening to all the episodes up until now. And we shall see you next week for Room 101. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Still waving like a prick.
3: 100 episodes in.
0: (laughs) What a fucking milk.
3: (laughs) Please keep that in.